welcome to Sip, Sip, Hooray. I'm Mary Babbitt. And I'm Mary Orland, and we've got a very special edition of our podcast for you today. Usually we're talking about wine and how fun it is. Well, it's been a little bit challenging the past two months or so. And um, we've invited three guests to join us to talk about what it's been like to be at a winery with a tasting room that's been closed for the past two months and how they've been and are engaging with all of us and keeping us our spirits up and keeping us you know in wine so um we're so delighted to have everyone here and everyone has a different approach to what they've been doing a very creative outlook and we're going to talk about that yes we're excited to have with us today bradley brown from big basin vineyards Stephanie Honig from Honig Vineyards and Winery, and Ann Kramer from Yorba Wines and Shake Ridge Vineyards. Thank you all for being here. And I know that, like everyone else across the country, coronavirus has turned your businesses upside down. So um, we're hoping you can share with us some of your ways that you're creatively getting through this difficult time. And maybe we'll start, though, by having you guys introduce yourselves. So maybe, Stephanie, can you start us out? Sure, thanks so much for having me. Uh, my name is Stephanie Honig and I um, work with my family and our winery. I handle sales and communications for the business. We are in Rutherford, so right in the geographic center of the Napa Valley. We're third generation and we make exclusively Sauvignon Blanc and Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, Bradley, can you talk? Sure. I'm Bradley Brown. I'm the founder, proprietor of Big Basin Vineyards. Uh, I've been in charge of the viticulture and winemaking. Uh, we've been around for about 20 years now. And uh, we're located right in the middle of the Santa Cruz Mountains near Big Basin Redwood State Park, which is where we take our name from. And we make Pinot, Syrah, uh, various Rhone varietals, and we do one Bordeaux blend. We also in addition to our own estate vineyard, which is uh, CCUF certified organic, we also work with some vineyards um, in the Gabalin Mountains, which is a real favorite place of mine, and also some other vineyards here in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Great. Thanks, Bradley. Anne? Yes, and I'm Ann Kramer, and I um, farm Shake Ridge Vineyards with my entire family, um, and we take a little bit of the fruit for our Yorba whites. So we're in the... Um, Amateur County in the Sierra Foothills, right outside of the old historic town of Sutter Creek. And um, we grow too many varieties, but they all work because we have a lot of microclimates on our vineyard. Um, Tempranillo, Barbera, um, Syrah, and um, who am I forgetting? Zinfandel, of course, it's Amador County. But um, so we're both focused on the vineyard. We have 34 winemakers that buy fruit from us. And that's my main focus as the vineyard manager, but I'm also um, kind of in charge of the winery too, though I have a great tasting room manager who is now doing lots of other things. Well, speaking of that, that leads me to my first question. So what's it been like for you all the past two months or so in terms of what would be going on in the vineyard and in the wine, not so much the vineyard, but the winery, the tasting room with welcoming guests, with events going on, and with you going to trade tastings such as Roan Rangers or Napa Valley Wine Auction, all of which have been canceled. Um, kind of give us a little idea of what, you know, what has changed and what um, we haven't been able to experience lately. 
Um, and Anne, let's start with you. Um, it just stopped. So we were pretty much 90, 95% out of our tasting room. Again, just because we were, uh, I wanted to focus more on the vineyard. And so the idea was just to make enough wine that we could sell at the tasting room. And I had just um, signed a contract with the local marketing gal to help me on social media stuff. And so she asked me right away, do you want to cancel that contract? I said, no, I think I really <laughs> need you now. So she's helped me and we've come up with a series. So we pretty much just are making contact virtually. I mean, we are definitely keeping in touch with all of our uh, wine club members and because we were just in the midst of a wine club shipment of which we canceled. I didn't want anybody to feel like they had to, but almost everybody has picked up their or we've sent it to them. Um, so we're trying to keep up with our established um, customers who feel a lot like friends and acquaintances, especially because of Kelsey. She's just amazing connecting with people. So she's been calling and emailing the established ones, but then just to kind of keep a connection to our community, um, we just started doing a lot of things online, which is so not me, but um, with this gal Gigi's help, um, we first did a, a cooking class and so it was a series of three where we um, paired a recipe with the wine, sent out the recipes, and then cooked online with this young chef that actually is now working in the vineyard because he's not doing chef stuff. <laughs> and um, his name is Justin Lewis, and, and uh, I'll get into him later, but he's been a key component of this. I just think wine is food and community, so um, we've pretty much focused on that. And then we also started a series of concerts with our other Shake Ridge winemakers called Songs from Shake Ridge. And so this Sunday will be our, our last one. And there, um, the first one was Gigi's relatives were actually Watkins family, which is they used to be with Nickel Creek and have quite a following. And so that actually brought us a whole new um, connection to a lot of new people. Um, and the other, other musicians have also been from kind of out on the, just a whole different uh, audience. And so that's been really good. Super fun. We'll hear more about those um, creative ideas like that. It sounds like you guys have been busy, but um, so um, we'll come back to you. We'll circle back to you, Anne, but um, let's, let's go to Bradley now and tell us what was the, how has COVID-19 impacted your winery? And then later we'll come back around and ask what you, what are you doing about it? But like, what, what was spring supposed to look like and what's it look like instead? Well, and no doubt it's been a seismic shift for us as well. And, you know, it, I was about to be, well, I started actually already um, visiting various markets where we have our wines distributed and we're you know, mainly in high-end restaurants in those markets. So I had just visited the Baltimore DC area like beginning in March, was quite nervous about flying at that time. And then of course, right okay. after that's when everything I uh, got crazy, and so all my additional market visits were canceled, and of course in California, everything came to a standstill in terms of sales to restaurants, of course, which was a big part of our distribution business, but fortunately, distribution isn't a huge part of our business. It's maybe 20 to 30 percent, and so, you know, we're a lot of uh, direct-to-consumer sales, and we definitely... We had a, numerous events scheduled this year. We have a summer series called Fireside Fridays. We have live music and food trucks and 
other food purveyors in the vineyard on Friday evenings. And that was getting to be really popular last year. So I was really looking forward to it personally because I believe a big part of our business is really connecting with our customers and establishing those relationships and friendships. And uh, that's always been a big part of it for us. So, you know, all those events we've had to cancel, um, any larger tastings that we were gonna go to, of course, were all canceled. And so, you know, we found ourselves basically cut off from our normal avenues of personal connection with people other, you know, I mean, yeah. email and social media to me doesn't really replace it. And so many of our customers are not huge social media people. So mm. it's, uh, it's been a challenge. Mm. And Stephanie, what's your experience been? Well, we have a very different model, and it's interesting in hearing, you know, everybody's uh, different, uh, yeah, different business model, right, and Ann and Bradley. So, you know, we started selling wine in the early 80s when direct-to-consumer wasn't really, you know, the way to go. So, um, our brand is heavily in the wholesale market. So, we have, our direct-to-consumer business only accounts for 13% of our production, and that includes our website, our tasting room, and our wine club. So our wine club is still alive and well, and you know we're connecting with our wine club members. Taste room obviously is closed. We have curbside pickup, and and in the um, and we're selling online in the in the distribution world. We're a heavy on-premise or heavy restaurant and hotel um, brand. So unfortunately, all that business has dried up. But we do sell in some independent retailers and a few chains, not in big box stores, but some some stores. So so that business is strong. So we've seen you know, markets that are heavier on in restaurants and, and hotels and country clubs like Florida um, or New York. Those markets have the numbers have been down significantly, while markets that are more retail based like New Jersey and Texas have been doing well. So. We're still um, April of this year, April through May, actually, we're tracking at about 50% of the sales that we were at at the same time last year. So we still have some sales, but we're way down. Yeah, isn't that strange? You know, it's that whole notion of the new normal, right? So you can mm -hmm. you can see a, a trend of sales, but it's half of what it was a year ago. Right. So the good news is you've got something happening. The bad news is it's half of what it should be. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Um, Anne started talking about this a bit, but I'd like to get back to it. Some of the creative ways you guys are coping and how you have turned or trying to turn lemons into lemonade at your wineries. Um, I know that we're doing this, we're recording today via Zoom, and I know all three of you have probably been involved in a lot of Zooms over the last couple of months because that seems to be a new way of <laughs> getting in touch or staying in touch with people. So, um, can you guys tell me a bit about how you're reaching out to customers? Um, Bradley, you want to start? Yeah, you know, it's, I immediately just thought, okay, how can I find the silver lining in this? And mm -hmm. so we did establish um, a Zoom series with uh, every Friday, we call wine, winemakers in your home, and uh, where we connect with our customers. And we created a special uh, set of library wines, actually, I wanted to kind of make available some of our best library wines that are ready to go right now to encourage people to, to do this because I knew a lot of people might not, you know, avail themselves of the opportunity. So, you know, we captured, I'd say a percentage of our customers. And the really cool thing I discovered with that is just like suddenly we were 
interacting with customers that don't live near us. Mm -hmm. So we were connecting with people far and wide, uh, which has been something that I want to see continue out of this pandemic. And sure. that we need to afford uh, people who are customers in other states the ability to connect with us to do remote virtual tastings. And we're kind of in the process now of putting out a, a six pack of 100 mil bottles that allows people to get like a, a personalized one-on-one -on -one Zoom tasting with our staff. So trying to get as close to you know the tasting room experience as you can. Of course, a big part of the tasting room experience is the beauty of the vineyards. They're just you know interacting with that staff uh, face to face. And then the other thing we did is we also um, offered free local delivery, which I guess we can do now, kind of temporarily, <laughs> per regulations, which is kind of nice, and um, we don't have to kind of dance around that the terminology too much. And people love that. So actually our sales to consumers are up over the year, over last year. Oh, well, that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, pretty I mean, amazing. You know, people are sticking with the wine club. We're not getting normal attrition there. Because, um, you know, all wine clubs have attrition. And that was one of my greatest fears is like, rooms open. how are we going to reach all these new customers that, you know, join our, our wine club and become direct victims with us. So, so we're really having to think a lot more outside of the box and think, how do we uh, reach out to people? Um, you know, how do we connect with people who signed up to our mailing list? We did have a nice mention in Food and Wine magazine that's just had, a, you know, a ton of people kind of discovering us for the first time because we are a small winery. We make only 5,000 cases a year. And, uh, you know, since it's not widely distributed, a lot of people don't know about us. Um, so that's been pretty cool. So we're trying to reach out to those people who are remote, uh, where normally they just have to kind of take a roll of the dice and order your wines online, and not like send them a, a little tasting kit and really introduce them to us and and uh, take that customer to the next level. So yeah, I have a girlfriend group that uh, we are we've all ordered a little tasting kit, and we're going to do a virtual <laughs> tasting <laughs> coming right, up. I'm excited. Looking to forward to that. that. That's going to be fun. And that's the cool thing about. Um, this that I see as a silver lining is that so many people have been able to interact directly with you all with right. the wine. I mean, I, you know, I, I've been part of the of Bradley's Winemaker in Your Home series, and that's been kind of fun because, yeah, people are from all over. They can ask questions. Um, you know, you give us a vineyard update and tell us what's going on. And um, Stephanie, I understand you've done some very um, interesting Zooms with a wide variety of groups. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, it's been fun. So we've, you know, moved a lot of the, what we were doing to a digital world. And um, well, so some, we've been working with some businesses, right? So like Google and Dell and some groups of friends. And I've done like a 30 year high school reunion anniversary. So I've done all the, you know, people buy wine and then we do t virtual tastings. So, oh, wait, back that up. So you've got a high, you did a high school reunion. Is that what you said? 30, they couldn't get together. It was the Palo Alto. Yeah. 30th year high school reunion. Wow. And a good That's friend so of mine fun. went there. So she's like, we can't get together. And we just do virtual tasting. Why, why? And I'm like, sure. So we did that. And then, um, yeah, different fun. events. A friend of mine works for Google. So we did that. We had 130 employees. Google bought the wine. 
for everybody. And I did a, a wine class. It was a basic wine class uh, for them. Yeah, I have one tonight with a different organization. So, uh, so I've been doing a lot of that. And then some, you know, individuals that had had anniversaries or birthdays or that, you know, want to invite their friends. So, well, you know, I'll be part of that conversation. So that's been super fun. And then I started doing on Instagram Live. I, I met a few celebrities through an event that I was involved in about three years ago. And I reached out to James Tupper and Pablo Schreiber. And last night I did one with Bellamy Young from Scandal. And it's we, we go on Instagram Live and we it's not really a tasting. You know, I send them wine and we do address the wine and say, well, you know, what are we drinking? And this is something long and I describe it. But it's we re we really use wine as a catalyst to talk about anything else, right? So I ask them what they're working on. I ask them what you know. She Bellamy's in New York. What's happening in New York? And she sang, and we saw her dog. And so it's really a connection. It's a really connecting with people. I mean, it's not really about selling right now. It's about creating fun content and engaging with yes. people, staying relevant. So that's what I've been trying to do. Oh, that's super fun. I love that. Good for you. Way to think out of the box, right? Sure, absolutely. It's a fun, and I have fun doing it, right? Yeah, fun doing it. That helps a lot. Yeah, it does, it does. So, you mentioned concerts earlier. Did, Anne, am I right? You were talking about some music events you've done? Yes, and again, you got a very low-tech person here, so I have to admit, you know, sound quality is definitely improving as we go along. Just, it's like, it's pretty fun on Zoom where, you know, we keep thinking, oh, we should do these Instagram Live or, or the other formats, but there's something about seeing everybody in their living rooms kind of swaying back and forth to the music, and um, I'm getting better about keeping the performer spotlighted and everybody muted, but um, we just decided to keep doing it that way, so they're small. We usually have a hundred recipients, I mean, registrants that come, that the Nickel Creek people were a lot more, but um, the other ones aren't. He was a West African jazz performer from New Orleans, who's a friend of the family, um, did one, and then actually my brother-in-law did the third one. But um, it's been very, very cool, because again, they do draw from a different audience than our normal white. And it's again, it's like what Stephanie said, it's more about building community. You know, that's, that's really interesting. I, it's, it, it's put us all into this position of having to take more of a performer. I mean, of course, you know, being people in the wine business and getting in front of people all the time, we're, we're used to that. But in this digital world, we have to think way more of this entertainment factor than we normally do. We have to think of ways to make this more interesting for people. It's like, you know, the, the virtual tastings have kind of you know, the, the basic out-of-the-box virtual tastings kind of gotten panned, right? You know, right. Really boring and kind of, you know, technical. And so you have to find ways to make it more entertaining for people. So that's yeah, that's I love it. You're putting some more uh, tools in your toolbox there, you know, up in your game. I love it. Yeah, you guys so are I'm curious, um, Bradley, you mentioned that, you know, you want to continue some of this even once the tasting room reopens and you can have visitors. I'm curious, Stephanie and Anne, um, is there anything that you all want to keep doing when some um, business reopens? Yeah, um, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Stephanie. Um, no, I think it's, it's a great tool. I mean, you know, nothing replaces 
being at the winery and engaging with people face to face and having the experience of the place. So I'm not saying it's, re it's gonna replace it by any means, but it gives us a chance. It's the next best thing, right? If you can't come here, if you can't fly across country, if you can't fly from wherever you're coming from, it gives you an opportunity to engage with someone. So what we've done on our website is when people buy wine, there's an option that they can click on to add a virtual tasting. Oh, okay. So that way it gives them the opportunity if they want to taste them with a, you know, a staff member or someone from our hospitality team and get the education piece of it, they can. Is, so there, an extra, that, is there an extra fee for that? There's not, no. With, uh, as long, yeah, with the wine, it's, mm -hmm. it's an option, a free option with the wine purchase. Nice. That's, that's very cool. And we're, we're going to keep doing um, these series. We just finished up our travels with Yorba, which was more I had people send us photographs from their journeys. And so we did Spain and tasted our Syrah, I mean, our Tempranillo this week. And we made chorizo, which ended up being not very successful, but <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. And uh, Romesco sauce. And then we talked about um, Tempranillo in Spain. Anyway, so we, we just finished up that series and then the next series we're going to do is a virtual edition of our annual open house at the vineyard, which is called Taste of the Ranch. So uh, this is what happens when people are on furlough. I got this great videographer for free to do an amazing um, trip through the vineyard. And so we'll use that as interludes and we're going to taste and have music and um, split it up between three weekends. So we'll do that for uh, June. And then I've got things planned for July and August if we need to. So, um, and I think we might do a request because I think there's going to be a lot of people who aren't still going to be comfortable coming to taste units. So I think we're just going to plan on, on keeping this element going. Nice. Sure. nice. I know for a lot of business owners and uh, employees in general, a lot of Californians, co coronavirus has caused a lot of anxiety and stress. And so I'm curious to know how you guys are coping with any anxiety or stress or worries that you may be feeling uh, regarding your business or just regarding the pandemic in general. Are there coping mechanisms that you all are using? Um, Stephanie, you want to start? Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's been really hard. I'm not gonna, you know, we, my husband and I, we travel all the time for the business and it's been a huge adjustment for us. We have four kids at home. So it's been the whole balance of trying to homeschool and still keep the business afloat because sales are, you know, have dropped tremendously. So, so it's been, it's been very difficult. You know, we also want to lead by example and and be optimistic because we know we will come out of this, right? It's just a matter of getting through this really hard time. So, you know, and, and have, you know, give, have that role model for both our kids and our employees. So, you know, we, we kept, actually we kept all of our employees here. We haven't furloughed anybody and we just retrained people for different roles. So tasting room people are in the lab or in the um, cellar, just doing different jobs. And, um, and, and just, you know, I mean, it sounds, you know, silly or it sounds obvious, but, you know, we're all struggling with this to, to one degree or another. We have good days and bad days. So just having that um, connection to, to our employees and, 
and reaching out, you know, since we are a, a largely distributed brand, reaching out to distributor reps who are furloughed and buyers who aren't working right now and, and our customers and our wine club and just having that connection and that, um, you know, empathetic talk and checking in is, you know, we can all get so sucked in and what we're struggling with, but just the outreach is, has been really important. Try to stay connected with people. How about you, Bradley? Yeah, well, um, yeah, we managed to kind of redeploy some of our taste room staff to do the local deliveries and came up with things for them to do. And now it's, you know, this somewhat tenuous package, repackaging a wine in 100 mil bottles, um, which we're still making sure works 100%. You know, it's obviously, it's like a lot of uh, argon gas required. And, you know, the wines will never be 100%, but we believe we can, uh, that they're good to go for a week to two weeks in these little bottles. So we'll see how that goes, but you know, that provides a bunch of additional work too and getting all these tasting kits out and then having those personal uh, tastings with people. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether it's just one-on-one -on -one with a couple or people who are getting together with their girlfriends like Mary who wanna connect <laughs> with girlfriends that are far, far and wide, uh, you know, who maybe normally don't get together that often anyway. So. It's kind of fun. So we've, we've done that. And of course, everything in the winery and in the vineyards is how to proceed as it always would. And uh, so that part is, is retained a sense of normalcy, I think for me, but I have two kids that I have had a homeschool part-time and uh, that's been pretty challenging. <laughs> um, I, can, I definitely don't get as much work done, but now that I'm not traveling as much, I guess it's been a little easier, but I've, I've found that, you know, I've turned to, um, you know, getting really into cooking more and exercising a lot more and getting more serious about, you know, my, my physical health, you know, yeah. and just trying to put some time and energy into that. And, uh, of course, you know, rating my cellar for some really good bottles to enjoy here. <laughs> We've all been doing that. <laughs> good call. And what about you? What are the stressors and how are you coping? Oh, you know, it's so interesting because I live on the vineyard and the vineyard is just the same as always. Yeah. Um, and so if I'm really, but I'm stressed about, you know, are my, all my winemakers going to be okay and be able to buy grapes this year and in the future and, um, and same thing with wine cells and, you know, what's going to happen and is everybody going to stay healthy? That hits me at 2 a.m. So, <laughs> so I deal with stress from 2 to 4 a.m. And I don't know what to do about that. But during the day, I go for a walk in the vineyard. And it takes about 5, 10 minutes and I'm fine. I'm starting to worry. Okay, there's blue. I worry about the normal things I worry about. Yeah. <laughs> you regular worries. So it's not that I don't have worries, but those ones I know how to deal with. <laughs> all right. So um, let's, we'll wrap up with one more question. Just um, if you all can... Tell us, um, what are your hopes for reopening? Um, you know, just briefly what you think it's going to look like um, when you can once welcome people back. Wow, that's a good question. Well, maybe I'll just kick in here and start. Uh, Santa Cruz County has applied for a variance with the state. And uh, we're supposed to be going into phase two. And um, of course, it's, you know, dine-in restaurants is potentially part of that and that's created quite a bit of controversy in the wine business because not very many wineries have a CUP uh, conditional use permit to be a restaurant in addition to a tasting room 
But, you know, we have a great outdoor tasting area, you know, we've, uh, but it looks like we'll be able to bring in food trucks. So if we can find some that aren't totally booked up already, then we'll at least have hopefully one day a week starting maybe in a couple of weeks uh, where we can have reservation based uh, people come in, uh, we could have a food truck. So we'll have to, you know, everything has to be built through the winery now. That may potentially change, you know, there's big lobbies, but the state's real concerned about kicking people into tourism mode and having people travel all over the state to go wine tasting. So I think that's one of the big fears sure. of opening up in any way, shape or form. But, you know, I don't know, maybe they could put other um, things around that. I mean, a lot of our customers are local. We're not quite as big of a wine tourism area as Napa, the Napa area, um, or even the Sierra Foothills. So. You know, if we could even have our welcome our customers back on some limited basis. So that's what we're, we're really hoping for is that, you know, we could even have a musician there, you know, and have people yeah. sit down and eat and do our normal Fireside Friday, really. And, you know, sure. it's, it's based out anyway. So. Yeah. And Stephanie, what about at home aid? So we are in stage two. So restaurants are open to 25% um, capacity. We are supposed to be in the next stage. And some of the procedures and policies we put in place are really to, you know, we want everybody to be safe, right? We want to be able to reopen and build up to where we were before, but that'll take time. So we have, uh, we're going to limit, like, our, our, we're, we're by appointment only, and that's the, our, our county permit. So that's existed, um, but it'll, uh, that's existed forever, but it will help us now really regulate when people are coming. So we will, our permit allows us to have a hundred people a day. We will limit it to a maximum of 20 people at a time. We are not a, we don't have a bar set up or seating outdoor space. So we will have designated areas for different groups. We'll do things like having one, um, one staff person assigned to the group the entire way through their visit. So from greeting to serving to selling to everything. Um, bathrooms will be sanitized in between each use. You know, of course, masks for all of our employees. And, and things like avoiding kind of like, you know, when little things that you don't even think about that we're having to go through now. Or, you know, when the glasses come out of the dishwasher, they come out clean, but they come out wet. So we're always having someone buff them, but now we're not going to do that because we want to eliminate as much contact as possible. So you're going to get a spotty glass and you know it's going to be clean, but at least we didn't go through, you know, another person using a rag and using their hands. So, so just, you know, thinking through all those little details to make sure people That's a lot. feel safe. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot of planning. And Anne, how about you all? We are also in the stage two, um, but I, and we're actually already permitted as a restaurant, but I just didn't want to compete with the restaurants in town. And I, I actually didn't want to deal with it, to tell you the truth. But um, what we're planning on doing, definitely uh, reservations. Um, we can sit three groups inside the tasting room and three to four outside safely. Um, we won't do that many to start with. But um, my idea is that when people come in, their flight is already poured at the table for them. Yeah. So our um, tasting room staff can stay 
six feet away and have a good conversation with them, but not be constantly coming sure. up for them. So it sounds like there's a lot of hope out there and we hope to be back in soon and we need to um, end this now, but thank you all so much for joining yes. us. It's really Bradley been a great Brown. discussion. Absolutely. Bradley Brown from Big Basin Vineyards, Stephanie Honig from Honig Vineyards and Winery and Ann Kramer from Yorba Wines and Shake Ridge Vineyards. Thank you all for being with us today. We wish you good health and we hope you come out of this thing stronger and more successful than ever. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. It was great. Thank you. Right. Thank you, everyone. Right. Here's you guys. Okay. Sip hooray. Yeah, sip hooray. <laughs>